I love the chase and the hunt and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted, stay humble. Now wake up! It's time to look at What's up, everybody, and welcome to the comment riders. I'm your host, my name is Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and joining me, as always, is my good buddy, Toby Tobes. What's up, Toby? Not much, Josh. Josh, I was thinking about something the other day. Okay. I was driving in my vehicle to go to the store. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. That's. I'm glad that you weren't, you know, um, running beside it or ghost riding the whip on the way to the store. Those are, those are good things. I, I, I pushed it instead. Yeah. So, I was listening to this song on the radio. Let me let me paint you a word picture here. The, wait, the actual radio, like the terrestrial actual, radio. The actual terrestrial radio, one hundred four point five, Philly's finest alternative rock. <laughs> do they do they have like a name like 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 one hundred four point five, the Beast? <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. Hold on. <laughs> so while I'm looking up with the, no, it's just a alt one hundred four five. Lame. They should be the Beast. Go on. <laughs> uh, so. Listen to the music. Song com- comes on. The song is from 1996, and it was a tonics. If I can only see your eyes, blah blah blah, or whatever the hell that song is called. So I was reflecting upon it, and I was like, "This song is super old." And I was thinking about it more, and I was like, "You never really age out of the music that comes out when you're like in your lifetime." No, you don't ever. <laughs> so, so true. I, yeah, like it never really clicked until the radio. Like because like when you figure like when you're growing up, you listen to your parents rock station or a pop station, whatever they like. And then when I heard the tonic song, I was like, this is old as shit. I remember listening to this in like middle school, if not high school, but <laughs> still on the radio. And this is like 25 years later. So just like, it kind of blew my mind that like, if you would, if you don't like listen to like the brand new actual pop stations, I guess you, you never age out of your original music genre. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean like I've, I've picked up new musical genres, that I have liked. Like I, I find, I guess that the, the music that I listened to in high school is the stuff that like has most cemented itself as this is your musical taste. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like I, I, that's, that's definitely fair too. I think it's more so like, I just never thought about like, like if your life is just, I'm specifically listening to the radio. Cause like obviously with YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, all that shit. Now it's way easier to, branch out and find new things oh but yeah if, if your only source is the radio it's just this this forever yeah <laughs> yeah and like it like obviously like our parents generation has like the classic rock bands and stuff but it just it just blew my mind i was like i can never get away from the shitty song and i'm sure when i hit like 50 and 60 there will still be like an alternative rock station somewhere and yeah. because i'm still my lifetime that song will probably <laughs> still be on that's kind of the weird thing about about radio genres like when I was a kid and listening to like classic rock stations, cause you know, when I, where I grew up in the country, that's kind of all there was. It was like, would you like to listen to country music or classic rock? I was like, well, certainly not country. So I guess we'll listen to classic rock. <laughs> um, I assumed Toby in my, in my naive young child brain, that classic rock was like a shifting scale where it was always going to be like music from 30 years ago. Right. See, that's and that's why I would think it should be too. Yeah. Like, but that, it's like, not. The- it, yeah. It, like the stuff that was playing in classic rock stations when I was, you know, 10 <laughs> is still playing in classic rock stations now, you know, 20 some years later, 25 like, years like, later. Like the, to me, like the like the classic rock station here or the old rock or whatever you want to call it, 
like it was whatever bands when our, our parents were having us at the, at our younger ages. <laughs> yep. or I, don't, I don't know how to word it, but like now, like to me, like classic rock should be like Limp Biscuit and Corn on that station. Agreed. But not like, <laughs> but not like new, not, not new songs. Like Corn still puts shit out. Like it shouldn't yeah, be like just the old songs. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I, w- I always thought the same thing where it'd be it, you age out or the gener- the generation switches, but it just never does. Yeah, classic rock should be like heading into its early 2000s phase at this point. Like we should be getting like, yeah, really into like the first uh, the first Limp Biscuit record at this point <laughs> or something. Um, and the, it's, too, and the one, it's too bad that didn't happen. <laughs> it is. And the one other station here too, and I didn't think about it the other day until it was pointed out to me. So their slogan is music of the 80s, 90s, and now. Yeah. So that 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 became their slogan in like the 2000s. Where it meant like okay, these past two decades plus the new stuff, but in the twenty twenty three era, it's still the eighties, nineties, and now. Yeah, so it's, it's like a weird cop out to like okay, we're gonna play brand new stuff plus whatever we want that clear channel whoever is paying us to play still. <laughs> yeah, we're just, just as the time goes on, we're just gonna continue to skip more and more things. <laughs> <laughs> That that is that is kind of true of some of the classic. Like the last time I listened to classic rock, I realized that it is like seventies rock bands, but then like a very small smattering of like much newer things. Like the the thing that comes to mind that you hear on classic rock stations now is like every freaking Rob Thomas song that he's ever been a part of. Like <laughs> like like Rob Thomas and 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 like Santana together. Boom, put it on the classic rock station. Um, anything Matchbox 20 is going to be on the classic rock station, even though it's like decades after most of the other stuff that's on there. It's so, so things, things do make it through, but like you have to be, you got to be on the Rob Thomas level, you know, (laughs) (laughs) not everybody's there. Toby. So like to, I guess, I guess to wrap up this silly nonsense. So our, our local rock station now with the brand new fancy technology, you can actually see what was on the radio. So this is this is our local rock station. Yeah. The past three songs have been Tom Petty, a Dollar Tom Petty song, another Tom Petty song, uh, Led Zeppelin, and before that was Rush, Rush, Queen, Journey, Jimi Hendrix, Steph Leopard, Aerosmith, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So we are firmly stuck in like the eighties right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What percentage? I feel like I feel like Tom Petty too is like an overlap of a lot of the different genres. Like he'll be on the like you know, kind of like easy listening, easy rock hits station. He'll also be on like the classic rock station. Like he'll be, he'll he'll be on that station that like banks play during the day because it's not offensive. Um, (laughs) Like I wonder like what percentage of the songs played on like terrestrial radio today are Tom Petty songs. It's gotta be like, it's got to be at least three or 4%. I think (laughs) it's gotta be a big number. It's a solid chunk. And the crazy thing too is like, uh, a while ago, I was having a music discussion with somebody, and when we were, gr- I feel like when we were growing up, there was only a select number of genres of music, like it was like rock or rap or metal kind of thing. Sure. And now, like everything has the subgenres, if not like double subgenres. Yeah. Like hardcore to post-hardcore to like new post-hardcore and shit like that. So when you look into it, like there's bands that have like 27 different genres that they're in because we've dissected the genres so much where like, it'll be like art rock and beach rock and heartland rock and country rock and Southern rock. So it's like, you can pretty much like with one person or one group, you can cover like 
20 different channels worth of the spectrum of music and be like, yeah, you can. It's really stupid. I hate genres like as a concept today, as we've done them, like in theory, they're not bad, right? Like, like this is rap. This is rock. Like at least gives you a starting point. But yeah, the like super granular, ridiculous, like, like, cause, cause it gets so granular that fans of the band will like spend half their time arguing what genre the band is. It's like, if, <laughs> if we can't even decide what like minute genre we're going to label a band as we've gone too far. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's past the point of usefulness at this point. My favorite, the, my favorite yeah, music genre. And I don't like any of the bands in it. I just like the name of it. Do you know what shoegaze is? Yeah. 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 Do you know why it's called shoegaze? Because when they play, they just look at their shoes because they're too embarrassed or too too shy to like interact with the crowd. So they play their instruments and look down at their shoes. Okay, so that's close enough. It's because they have so many pedals to make distortion noises for their guitars. Okay, they, they can't look up and keep stepping on different pedals. Your answer <laughs> was too. your answer was better, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the, my answer is how it was explained to me at some point, like. 15 years ago <laughs> so i i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if that actually is any basis in reality or if someone else was just lying but no that, that that, was, that's a way different way, yeah. way better uh explanation of what it is <laughs> I, I i mentioned shoegazing to i think my wife the other day like i mentioned like shoegaze rock and she's like what are you talking about I'm like okay yeah we're we're not we're not engrossed in the same like musical weird subcultures clearly you're just making up words now josh stop <laughs> literally what she said to me you're just making that up that's not real <laughs> uh the f- funnily enough i feel like emo music which is like i would say is the genre that i like the most right now is one that isn't split up enough <laughs> Like, I feel like emo of all the things covers like a very broad spectrum of different types of bands. And I really hate some emo music that I can lump together in a category that sounds alike. And I really love others, but they're all just just the generic emo category. The the only two I can really differentiate is there's emo, which I'm we're vaguely talking about. And then um, Midwest emo, which all sounds the same, but that's like. I know I like Midwest emo. So like, that guess, works for me. I guess yeah, that that I guess is is a dividing line is is the Midwest emo. Midwest emo. Um I think I'm there with you. I, I think the Midwest emo is probably the stuff I like better. So but maybe, maybe it does have enough of a, a genre default divide then for me to to draw the line. <laughs> at, least, at least there's one way to split it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, genres I realized like several years ago that just like I'm going to stop trying to care about what genre of music I am interested in because it is um, it's nonsensical, especially when you get into the like the rock stuff that that we like. It was like, well, I like post hardcore. Well, I like, uh, you know, I like post punk. Like, what's the difference between those two things? <laughs> and why are they talkier and a little less aggressive, yeah. kind, of, kind of more talky and. And the concept that they're that they're post things that are also still continuing is amazing. Like, <laughs> I'm a post punk band. Well, I'm a punk band, and, and we're we're contemporaries. That makes no sense. <laughs> ridiculous, Toby. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But speaking of ridiculous, we're here to do a show. <laughs> we are. Let's let's jump into it. <laughs> um, as always, I guess at the top of the show, if you want to send us an email, send those emails over to cast at commonwritersucks.com. Uh, we'd love to read them on the show, but for today's show, Toby, we are talking about Common Rider Geats episode twenty. Halfway through, 
Yeah, presumably. it's wild to think we're yeah, 20, 20 deep. Yeah, we're probably just like a couple episodes shy of like a, a completely mid-season thing. <laughs> um but uh yeah, we we've seen some big changes recently in uh in the game and in the in the Desire Grand Prix. We are uh fully in the reality TV era <laughs> of Common Rider Geats <laughs> at this point. Um I guess the, they, they they switched genres for their uh their their they did. Uh, for their sophomore <laughs> album. I was trying to think of what year was the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um so I guess the, the the recap what happened last time we um we voted off Daiichi as the the disaster, the the spy. But turns out Toby, he wasn't the spy. <laughs> no, he was not. He was just acting like a dick for no reason. <laughs> so we uh we're left with uh Kewa, Neon, Ace, and Sai, those are our four competitors that are currently left in the game. So one of them is the spy still. We don't know who it is. <gasps> or do we? We might find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this episode opens, Toby. Um, the, the game master, of course, gives a little rundown on the rules of the game again. You got to uh, vote out the disaster. Um, if you don't, and, and the disaster is one of the final two, the disaster wins kind of by default. And uh, Kewa, in the midst of this um, explanation, gets a call from his sister, and she's she's trying to cut a pineapple. <laughs> and the the amount of theatrics and drama before we realize what she's doing, it's shot like an actual horror movie yeah. where she's shaking, terrified, holding a knife saying, I can't go on, I can't go on. And it seems like she's actually having issues. It does. Until we realize that she's just wildly swinging knives at pineapples in a way yeah. that you never cut a fruit. <laughs> Sarah seems like she's a little drama-filled, is what I've, what I've <laughs> gathered about Sarah. <laughs> Listen, she seems like a great woman. I don't know that I'd want to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> she's blood. You can't get rid of her that easy. Exactly, I guess. Yeah, that's that's Kayla's problem. But yeah, who calls someone and says, I can't go on. You've got to help me <laughs> when they're trying to cut fruit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she is. She's basically bonking this pineapple with this knife. Can't cut through it. Um, Kwa's like, "This is what you called me about," and he's like, "Well, just like wait." And she says, "Well, I can't because it ex- it expires tonight." <laughs> and he's like, and, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> and we get to see a little shot of a, a box. Like the pineapple got shipped to her in a box, and it's this weird, like, kind of formal-looking packaging for this random pineapple. Um. Kewa apparently instantly forgets about that exchange that he had with his sister because we get a little emergency and we find out there are uh, kind of Giamato on the loose in the city. The commanders go to fight them and the Giamato they find are just regular delivery man Giamato just trying to do their jobs, Toby. And their job is delivering fruit bombs. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest working boys in the biz. <laughs> when they pulled up in their little truck and they like hop out of the back and like flip open the lid and then kids carrying boxes. I'm like, what is this show we're watching? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> these guys were like school, school kids, like two episodes ago, they were pirates when all this started. Like, what is, what is this? <laughs> well, especially to like in the beginning, they started seeming like actual villains. And now yeah. it's just like, what extras can we cast this week in a role? And then, okay, yes. we're going to put evil masks on them and let them do a thing. Yeah, like the 
the, especially like the base level Giamato, right? Like those guys originally seemed very menacing and now they are just the, the comedy routines essentially. Yeah. Like just the extras in the school studying or, or delivering packages. And it's only the like writer Giamato that are, that are scary <laughs> at this yeah, point. At this point for sure. The rest yeah. are just their background noise. I think I think Kawa even says like when they start fighting these Jamato, he's like they're they're weak. <laughs> like what? <laughs> these are the easiest ones we've ever fought for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, nonetheless, the fruit that they're delivering, they find out, yes, does explode. So they wipe out this little pocket of Jamato and then head back to headquarters. At this point, Sumi shows them a letter that they have received. Um, she kind of holds it up and I'm like, well, I can't read that, obviously. I <laughs> please, don't know what that please says. Please let us know what it says. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I couldn't read it at first just because it was in Japanese. No, it was in the Giamato language. So uh, the characters on the show also couldn't read it, which is, like, which is none helpful. of us had any shot whatsoever. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, and this like weird ransom letter they received from the Giamato basically says that the Giamato have planted um, fruit bombs all over the city, have delivered them. And the fruit bombs will explode by sunset if the riders don't get there and disarm them first. And, and so, tied to that, the slow speed that it takes Kawa to figure out that his sister has a pineapple bomb oh really God. bothered me because yes. like it was, it was a weird conversation in the beginning. Now, obviously, it seems poorly planned of her to try to smash a bomb with a hammer, but like they're like dropping all these like huge hints like hey there's evil fruit bombs there's all this and like he blocked out his sister's like horror movie story like that quick yeah where he was like oh this seems like okay this is interesting game all right what's going on here Uh, you know oh we got some fruit okay good (laughs) so in my notes for this episode right so uh, we we just said that like this is what the game is so they they fought the Giamato, saw fruit sumi says this is what the game is literally like one two three four scenes that i wrote about later is when kwa finally realizes oh god my sister (laughs) (laughs) insanity (laughs) and i was thinking like i was thinking about it as it went on like tied to that if if you got a you if you josh got a random pineapple in the mail that was like you need to eat this before sundown or whatever said before sundown like wouldn't you just put the box back outside your house and be like fuck this this seems terroristical yeah, in nature yeah. or not like oh, this is a sure. perfect gift but i can't i can't cut the fruit i can't smash it with a hammer but if i don't eat it by sundown something bad's gonna happen like that goes right out in the trash <laughs> this, this is this is this this mysterious fruit is the perfect gift let let me now spend the rest of my day attempting to cut it <laughs> like sarah <laughs> had nothing else so going on. <laughs> yeah not only would would i be extremely wary of that fruit and would yes leave it outside not bring it in the house um it would also then consume the rest of my day and like who sent me that what's it from is he gonna <laughs> kill me like um and, and hopefully anyone anyone i told about it too would also be wondering all day long about it um but okay well, now he's good he's got other other things going on <laughs> we're gonna mosey along yeah um yeah, I, I also was like, I, I couldn't believe Kayla was just like, oh, my God, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, but, yeah, before Kayla thinks of that, uh, we get a uh, another view of the uh, greenhouse, the gardener in the greenhouse. 
And we saw, of course, Sumi receives the letter. The The gardener is surprised because uh, he sees the Giamato drafting up a letter. He's like, oh, you guys can send letters now. How cool. <laughs> oh, no, he said, oh, he said, oh, you guys can write threats now. Write threats. And, and the uh, Giamato that was at the table writing the threats seems to have no actual hands. Like his hands <laughs> looked like weird polyps with no... Uh, Whatever's called, you can actually like <laughs> use your fingers versus like other animals. Yeah, he's uh, he's not not dexterous. <laughs> That's not the right word, but I can't think of it, so we're good. <laughs> uh, it, it's not it's not for you to know how the Giamato use their hands. It's uh, it's just for you to receive their threats. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, at this point, we see that Buffa's been you know dragged back home after his little um his little walkabout. I guess we'll say where he nearly died and then got dropped back into the greenhouse. So Buffa's Buffa's back in the greenhouse and, and presumably ready to be buried. We, we think and become fertilizer getting crankier than ever. Yep. Of course, of course. Um, the hunt begins now and for the, the fruit bombs, uh, the, the riders head out and in the midst of this battle, um, the supporter gene, uh, basically gifts the Magnum buckle to geese. So there's a, um, a secret mission. I think it was like the first person to defeat a Giamato the fastest or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, boom, ma- the Magnum buckles here and, and Jean's like, you're welcome. <laughs> so the, the thing that I was thinking it with this, cause I don't know if they specifically addressed it yet or not. Is it so like, usually like there's one secret mission, a game. How do they figure out which sponsor gets to drop the bonus? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And like sponsor, you have to think that there's like some money being exchanged, right? Like, like he's paying for this to happen in some way. Like, I mean, like that's the only like that's a, without them telling us, which they probably will at some point because they're very good about that. That would seem to be like the only thing you can really tie it to yep. is like, oh, I'm gonna put fifty thousand extra dollars on on Ace this week. I get to pick the secret mission. What will he do? Kill things the fastest. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't know yeah and maybe it's like it doesn't seem like it's predetermined like super far in advance because we had the scene with the frog last episode where he, he seems to be like on a whim being like oh i'm gonna give it to kwa right now um but i don't yeah i don't know they, they are they're doing a lot it seems like these these past few episodes maybe this whole arc of the the show we'll call it is all based around fleshing out the 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 dgp like the workings of the dgp and the various sponsors and the producer and and everyone's role and how it all works so yeah we'll probably continue to get those sorts of answers i would think i hope so um at this point in the middle of the fight uh kawa and ace are sort of like uh convening about about what to do kind of what to what to do next and an apple rolls between them. <clears throat> and again, for, for people who are just fighting monsters who are throwing fruit bombs, it takes them a long time to realize the apple is probably a fruit bomb. Um, <laughs> hey, look, there's another fruit. We only know the pineapples are bad. <laughs> but it explodes at their feet, and um, they knew that they had already wiped out the Giamato kind of behind them, that there wasn't any more Giamato around. So they wonder, who threw the apple bomb? That's the big, that's the big mystery. So with the apple bomb thing and the way the story plays out as it goes, well, two things with that. First, when Geats got his special fancy buckle, the spider phone was a spider that dropped down again, like the old days. And he tickled it as a thank you and made it giggle before it went away. 
I, I love that he tickled it. <laughs> and you almost skipped the most important part of this episode. <laughs> oh, well, was it that? The, the tickling of the, of the spider phone? Yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> um, that was a they good. Can, they can update that firmware for the toys now to make, make the spiders ticklish. God, I, I hope they had the forethought of, of letting it be tickled from the very beginning. Like, you got to build that in. But the more <laughs> rational thing I thought of as the, the game goes on, and I feel like they never really clarified it, but I feel like it comes up later during the whole pineapple escapades. Like, they make it sound like each. There's like one head geometer that has each fruit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like it wasn't, it didn't seem super clear at first, but they were like, why is there more apples? We got the apple guy and it didn't really click or it wasn't explained properly or I missed it because later when they need to find the pineapple, there's still random fruits and they're like, no, we need the pineapple man. We have to find the pineapple man. <laughs> so that you're hitting on my big issue with this whole episode <laughs> is that there were, it was so inconsistent and like it was the annoying type of inconsistent where the people in the game acted like they knew exactly what was going on, but it was never clear what the goal actually should be. Like, so that's a great example of the, like, like we got to find the pineapple man. Like, well, why? Why? So anyway, we're jumping ahead a little bit there, but we we go see Sarah. He realizes finally that she got her pineapple bomb. They run to her house. They run to their apartment, and she is wrapped up in wires. So the pineapple has has wrapped her up in a red wire and a blue wire. So obviously, like a bomb, they need to cut one of them. They don't know which one to cut to get her free without the bomb exploding. The obvious answer was always the red one. No matter <laughs> what a, the answer, it's was always the red. The red. It's always the red wire. But good. Okay. In true Sarah fashion, the most exciting part of all this drama <laughs> in her life was that superstar of the stars of the stars, Ace, and Twitch streamer and extraordinaire Neon showed up and she was like, Wow, it's my famous friends again. Versus yeah. like, hey, I might die. There's this weird pineapple wrapping me up. Well, if you remember the last time she hung out with them, she she ended the night being like, Guess I can die now. <laughs> <laughs> So it's pretty fitting now. She's about to die, and she sees them once again. <laughs> um, yeah, that that is the that's the endearing part of Sarah is just like, oh my god, it's the famous people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have these wires. So so one, there's no there's no explanation for why the pineapple spits out wires where all the other bombs just explode. That that doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, but two. They instantly decide, KY and Ace instantly decide uh, here that like, well, obviously to figure out how to save Sarah, we got to go track down the guy who's delivering pineapples. Like, well, what's <laughs> that going to tell you? Like, are you going to interrogate him? Like, what's the plan here? Right? Like, Because like, they never explain what they're going to do when they track down the pineapple guy. Is this, now, is this another example of we're supposed to infer that Geats just knows everything? That he's like, played Fruit Bomber before, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, I know how this works. You kill the one that has the thing, and you know there was never anyone tied up before. But now, when we kill Pineapple Man, it will, he will truly drop the, the correct answer upon defeat. Like it could be, but Kwa also seemed to like instantly understand because okay, so to jump ahead to that scene when we get to the the Pineapple Man, so Kwa finally tracks him down. And Kwa just annihilates this MFR. Just like like the most kind of he brutal fight. Yeah, the most brutal fight I've really seen Kwa participate in. And he kind of just like rips this dude apart and then just like drop kicks him across this building. He explodes. 
as the Giamato explodes, he leaves behind a single red wire. <laughs> Kawas sees this single red wire, and me, I'm at home, and I'm just super confused still. Kawas sees it, and he was like, I've got it. We cut the red wire. I was like, this well, first of one. all, you, how, how did you know he was going to leave behind anything when he exploded? Like, <laughs> he could have just exploded like all the others. And second of all, why do you know it's the wire that's left behind is the one you cut? It could be the one that's not there anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the, just as reasonable. The, uh, opposite one. Yeah. Um, so that was super frustrating for this whole episode. Which is like, what? There's no logic in, in this. And everyone pretends like they understand all the internal logic. Ugh, no, it was very the, frustrating. The one at least decent part about the whole uh, Sarah's blowing up storyline is it was kind of cool that they uh, they did the like the countdown clock, like 24, in the bottom corner of the screen. <laughs> I did like it that. seem like more of a reality drama of like, there's 423 left. What's going to happen? That was perfect, right? Because if this is a real reality show, they would totally have that. They would have the countdown clock in the corner. You'd be watching it in real time. And yeah, it'd be like the real nail biter situation. Um, And yeah, they get down to what, like 10 seconds left or something like that. Really, really short by the time they actually do save her. Um, Yeah, that was great. I I love those little touches that they're doing to really hammer home that like, this is a reality show. People are watching this for entertainment. Speaking of watching things for entertainment, Toby, we also <laughs> we also get a shot here of Neon's father, who is in one of the audience rooms, and he's watching the show, which is to be expected. He's a sponsor. We 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 already knew that. However, he's brought Neon's mom along to see the show for some horrible <laughs> reason. <laughs> Let me show you what I'm doing to our daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, Neon's mom happens to be watching the scene where they find Sarah who's wrapped up to a bomb and is about to die (laughs) and Neon's mom is just distraught (laughs) Um, Neon's dad basically says like listen she needs this it's for her independence she'll be fine plus she has you know a powerful sponsor behind her which is him um, but he says Plus, he's got work I got to shit do. to do too. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he just rolls out. So the mom like tears up the <laughs> tears up the audience box, and then I loved this scene. She does what a, a regular human would do, which is call her daughter. Like I feel like the 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 character thing to do would be just like be really sad about it. But she did the more real life thing, which is like fuck this, I'm calling her. <laughs> <laughs> and then that uh, made me think of too like. There, I, there's too much outside and to like uh, too much outside interference in this season of the show. We'll call it. There's a lot like, of it. Yeah. Like parents are calling Sarah's making phone calls. Kawa's going home whenever he wants to. The sponsors can drop into the games or like the world or whatever you want to call it and be like, Hey friend, just want to tell you that I'm really rooting for you. <laughs> yeah. I think that the Kawa stuff is especially interesting to me because they, earlier in the show like really hammered home the point of like don't freaking tell anybody like i'm gonna monitor your video recordings that you're making i'm gonna hover over your phone call that you're making and now this episode it's just like him and his other common rider buddies just get to run in and save the day from sarah <laughs> and um there's no concern about her her knowing what's up <laughs> the, the ever-changing rules yeah <laughs> as fast and as loose as ever <laughs> um so Neon's mom calls her. Neon takes the phone call outside. And the mom, I think I think her big uh 
her big mistake she made when she was trying to get Neon to come home was she said, come home and, and we've got a, we got a guy picked out for you. Come home. We'll get married. It'll <laughs> all be good. okay. We, you'll have to play this game for the guy. He's right here. We got him. We got him as on As dreamy lock. as ever. <laughs> so Neon, of course, as expected, says, uh, no, I don't want to marry that dude. And basically says, you know, you've controlled my happiness for long enough. I'm going to play this game. I'm going to do what I want to do for myself, for my happiness, for my own independence. It kind of hangs up on her mom. Which she learned from Geats in one of his powerful speeches way back in one of the yep. games where he was like, you have to try or their shit's not going to happen for you. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So she's she's fully the uh, the master of her own destiny at this point, um, which is great. I, I love I love sort of the culmination of the neon character arc there because we we just come off the you know her doubting herself with neon not in the game anymore like oh no can i even do this and it's cool to see her like have her resolve again you know she's ready as ready as she's ever been (laughs) Uh, and then of course a a tiny scene but sai comes out to check on neon to make sure everything's okay Um, she's still the comforting older sister exactly The, the, the two of them are still pretty tight then things start to pop off, Toby. We we uh, we move back to the greenhouse, and the uh, the gardener is attempting to, or, or he's starting to kind of bury Buffa's ID core, the cracked ID core. He's gonna make um, him a nice zombie or a mutant, yep. <laughs> or whatever whatever we're gonna whatever we consider these people to be. He's gonna he's gonna grow himself a nice Buffa. However, a woman shows up, and she is dressed like a goth lolita we'll say (laughs) she's like she's like eating jelly beans out of this like stupid ornate pouch that she has and um yeah just just kind of very gothic like um in a in a skirt like she just is um she's quite the character she shows up (laughs) yeah um she shows up and asks for the id core and come to find out the 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 greenhouse guy uh, calls her um sponsor sama so she explains that she is the Giamato sponsor. So Which not only crazy to me too that you can yeah. back 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 to evil plant monsters. Um, I mean, I guess yeah, I guess you have have good guys and bad guys in this fight, and she is the the one backing all of the Giamato. So I don't know. Again, hopefully we get this explained. Like, what does that entail? What does that mean? Um, when she is the sponsor of the Giamato, did she assist in their creation? It, is she, does she just fund the the greenhouse guy like how does all that work um and you know and she like she's that annoying friend where like if like four of you are watching like a sport together three of you will root for the same team just because you're all <laughs> friends and want to like and have a nice have a nice night yeah and there's always that fourth friend they'll be like no nah, fuck all you guys i want you all to lose i'm rooting for the evil people yeah I, i'm also that fourth friend so, <laughs> so i can i can definitely relate <laughs> She, however, this time has her eyes set on Buffa. So Buffa's kind of coming to um, when he wakes up. She has a discussion with him. He he first sort of thinks that she's DGP staff and she's like, don't lump me in with those those people. Um, she says she just enjoys human suffering, <laughs> which <laughs> what, a, what a lovely woman <laughs> she is. I, I guess that's the type of person that would root for uh, the uh, Germano. Yeah, yeah, that definitely that definitely tracks. Um, basically her, her proposal to Buffa is, I thought you wanted to do whatever it takes to take down the common riders. So 
here we go. Let's work together. That's what I want too. <laughs> um, so, so Buffa, you know, essentially agrees to sort of like work with her. Um, she kind of, kind of wins him over. And then let's see, we, we then cut back to Sai and Neon. So this is important for what we'll talk about at the end of the episode, but these two have a real bonding moment. Um, Another, we, another I love family talk where Neon feels left out and everyone else has a family who cares. It is it is funny that they, they keep pairing Neon up with people who like to talk about their families <laughs> because <then> she's <laughs> like, no, I kind of hate them. They're all, <laughs> there's nothing there. <laughs> oh, you have um, a nice brother and sister. I have a mom who's freaking crazy. Yeah. I just told her off. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm disowned now. Uh, but yes, I... Um, you know, has a big sob story about her family. So her family ran a restaurant. Her dad became ill and died. Um, her siblings still had like athletic dreams. Basically she wanted to provide for her family after her dad died. So she frames it as like her wish in the DGP, which is to, you know, maintain her athleticism as she gets older was a wish so that she could provide for her family um, you know, without having any issues and, and being able to continue to, to support them. Which and my makes issue with that, seem, which, which in general makes your wish seem a little less uh, like conceited. Yeah, but in the beginning, it just sounded like I want to be a jock forever. And now at least there's a tie to it of like, I think I can help this way. But but like, isn't that too many steps? Like, should, should if you really want to provide for your family, shouldn't your wish just be like, I wish that my family wants for nothing for the rest of their lives. Like, why do you, what if, if your end goal is my family is, does okay. Why does the wish have to be okay? I'm going to be a perfect athlete. Then I'm going to do athlete stuff. They'll give me money and fame and then I'll give it to my family. <laughs> it's the, des- it's the, it's the journey, not the destination. She's living that. She's living that nice long-term life i guess she, she just, doesn't want the instant win she wants to play for it there's four quarters in the game josh she's not starting the fourth quarter she's starting the first eh, it felt like there was a little bit of like revisionist history of like she made a wish for herself and now she's just telling herself that it was to support her family <laughs> that's how i was that's how i was at least reading into this <laughs> that does seem more fair now you mentioned it <laughs> um after the the touching little moment there between the the two, um, we'll call them sisters at this point. They're 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 inseparable. So real, <laughs> real quick, the the note I wrote as the the sisterhood of the traveling riders was so sisterhood of the traveling driver. <laughs> there we go. That's even better. Uh, I, my note then was the neon and lopo betra- lopo betrayal is going to be a shocker. Yes, <laughs> because after we were guessing last week of. There's only four options left of who the destructor is. And one, one there's one person that's not seemed more obvious than the rest. And, it, you know, we're building up to that grand reveal. And of course it's probably one of the women as always reply be the bad one. So that, that's going to hurt. That's going <laughs> to hurt always. one way or the other. Yeah. I, I have a lot to say about that at the, uh, at the end of our episode here. <laughs> I have, I have some thoughts, <laughs> but it's um, funny too, because when, uh, salon, is the host correct? Uh, no, it starts with a C. It's like Chi something. Okay, so this kind of ties back to the beginning too. But he so, he he always answers the phone like that though. He goes salon because he he calls the little like lounge area the salon. I think. 
Is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's what he's doing. He's saying, like, this is the salon. Okay, because the first time he said it, I was like, because he said it in, like, a funny voice. He's like, hello, salon. I kind of thought he was pretending, like, someone was calling an actual hair salon. And he just (laughs) just had to, like, ham it up for the thing because, like, it was, like, a wrong number kind of deal. And then he said it the second time. And I'm like, oh, I'm horrible keeping track of names. Maybe his name is just Salon and it slipped my mind. Uh, no, his name is Chiram. I went back and looked it up. Chiram. C-H-I-R-A-M. So see, I'm horrible with names. So I will probably call him Salon the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's everyone, so, uh, everyone keeping up with the episodes, this, this, is, <laughs> this will be his new name. Please remember this. Yeah, in the in the grand tradition of Pidgey <laughs> and Sumi, yeah. the past. Um, so he, so the 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 salon is kind of like an old timey term for a living room, basically. Like, like let's retire to the salon. Like I, I've heard people use that term for. A How the fuck do you know that? Um, I come from a long line of old people, Toby. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> did, you, did you have more to say about him? <laughs> oh yeah. So when he was, only because he's so wacky, when he's they were wacky. doing the, okay, it's halftime, time to vote for the Destructor again kind of vibe, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, at that point, I was like, what if he's actually the Destructor? And he's just <laughs> making them vote for each other. And there's like a secret hack you have to do on the phone to vote for him instead, or they actually have to like <laughs> all agree he was the Destructor. You have, to, you have to be able to put in the Konami code and then his face pops up. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to unlock the spider mode of the phone. You have to take a look to make it giggle, and then a mystery six button shows up where it's like, vote for the game master. I don't want to know about the spider's mixed mystery sixth button. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little little X-rated there to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see him wanting to be inserted into the <laughs> into the head of the of the the game show. I also like really desperately wanted to see him as a writer too. Like, when when is he when does he transform finally? Because it's got to be the most ridiculous transformation ever. <laughs> I can't yeah, like, wait. Like the last one was like the super computer nerdy hackerish one. Yeah, like very serious. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like his has to be like the most most like flashy flamboyant one we've seen yet. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm picturing like like flamenco dancer almost like 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 flamenco dancer or like Carmen Miranda, the classic lady who danced with the fruit basket on her head. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Like that, that's yeah. the vibe I get from him if he was to have an outfit. Totally. Yeah. I hope we get to see him. I hope we get to see him as a writer. I don't know if like, I don't know if that's a, a every game master thing, but <laughs> that, I'm, I'm holding out hope. Um, as you said, we, we do our sort of mid round poll. It's a three way tie. Everybody except Kawa has a vote. Um, and neon kind of has a little speech. Like it doesn't matter. We have to work together on this. Um, so she's, she's really trying to rally the troops. She's all about helping Sarah. Because yeah, yeah. now now she's been family enhanced two or three conversations through this episode. She once again realizes that her family probably sucks and other families that actually care about her, care about each other are probably the way to go. Yeah, I, I think she has a little bit of like a found family moment in this episode, too, because the like I think she tells her mom or something at some point like like. No, it's like it's like someone I care about or whatever is is, you know, attached to the bomb. Um so yeah, I, th- I think she, I think she's maybe feeling that a little bit of like my family sucks. So I'm going to lean into the people who in this game who I found who care about me. So like Kwa and Sarah and Ace and Sai for sure. So yeah, I, I bet that that hit her harder <laughs> than, <laughs> than, than you maybe would have expected. 
nonetheless, we go uh, we go hunting pineapples once again. Um, we we talked about Kawa sort of finding the pineapple and and destroying the Jomato and figuring out to cut the red buckle or the red wire. But in the midst of all that, um, Buffa appeared and Buffa Buffa punished Buffa <laughs> Buffa. So I will say I love what they're doing with his like transformations. Like they're really driving home the point that like he's kind of actively dying while this is happening. Like he is being taken over um, alive as a geometry. Like he's sort of growing vines on his arm whenever he henchens. It's this crazy like he he's screaming and writhing in pain and there's vines whipping everywhere. And then he like pops into geometo form like it's a really cool like kind of terrifying effect we like my my general note is pretty much what you just said but same thing where like his his pain transformations look awesome all the time like obviously the special effects and the lightning and all that add to it but he's still pretty much like screaming grabbing his zombie turning arm when he does it like he's having a bad time but still doing this because he's that gung-ho about like no, fuck you guys for real. Like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. He had like that moment of doubt, like last episode, like where, you know, I think he and he and Ace have that moment. Ace brings him some food. Like you almost think like, okay, is Buffa gonna realize that they're not all bad? Like, no, he's, he's doubled down now. He is fully on the kill all Kamen Riders train once again. And, um, you know, at, at his own peril, like in, in the midst of this, you know, he, at some point, like falls out of of henshin, essentially, he, like he dehenshins in pain, and Ace like kind of shows him some pity. He says like, "Well, you're giving up your your humanity for this." Um, and, I, I thought it was nice of Ace because like basically before he dehenshins or like right on the same time, uh, Geats is going for whatever the finisher thing is, where he spins a little revolver thing, mm-hmm. and he stops himself. And I was like, I th- "That's." I'm glad that Ace is at least the responsible one, where he is like. No, like I know this kid. He's being an idiot. I'm not going to kill him. Like this yeah. is not this is not the move right now. Yeah, I think Ace from the very beginning has sort of he's had that vibe with Buffa of like you're making the wrong decisions, but like I get where you're coming from. <laughs> like I, I get why you feel the way that you do. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a, a cool moment between them. And like the last couple episodes with the like you know Ace, you know bringing the snacks to to Buffa, and now now this one really are like ace doing everything he can to support buffa but like not get killed himself i think is interesting i think i think he enjoys the i'll call it friendly competition like he enjoys having someone that has the same drive as him and basically what he seems to be doing is the same thing he did with like he nudged kawa enough until he became a functioning human and is actually playing and trying the proper way uh he gave neon her pep talk which made her the strong badass lady cat she is now <laughs> yeah it's almost like he's trying to do the same thing to buffa just with like buffa words and not like kwa words <laughs> like like hey man we can fight but like you're you know you're doing some shit to yourself right now you should probably shouldn't be doing for this yeah he is the best pep talker he knows exactly what to say to every person <laughs> he's getting there yeah he's working on it um we also get an interesting scene here in the midst of all all this fighting uh, the Giamato supporter woman shows up in Jean's audience room. So she kind of like pops in. Jean freaks out. Like he pulls a gun on this woman like right <laughs> away, which I was not expecting Jean to be like packing heat. <laughs> um, Jean tells her that this room is for writer supporters only. 
and um she says that she's found a writer to support uh and he's then, just a zombie one <laughs> yeah exactly and then i think like gene realizes what she means and there's like a split second before the scene cuts where i swear toby the two of these make like fuck me eyes at each other like <laughs> jesus <laughs> it's get it's gonna get bad i think for i think it's gonna get bad for for geats because I think maybe Gene has found um, someone new to idolize and it is the woman on his sofa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen there? <laughs> uh, the one th- interesting thing in the, the Kawa uh, motivation fight where he kills pineapple man, he steals the buckle from uh, Lopo or Sai, whatever. And that still seems like it shouldn't be legal to me from a standpoint of the game, like that you can just like rip someone else's like buckle off of them and be like, yeah. no, I'm a zombie now. And just like, go do what the fuck you want to do. <laughs> and it happens a lot in the show. It seems like, yeah. Yeah. Like, especially more recently, like it's, it's getting worse with like, I'm just going to take your driver. So you can't transform. I'm just going to hold it when, uh, when Pidgey was doing it. And now it's like, yeah, you have, you have this cool one. I'm going to literally just steal it off your belt and not just talk you into giving it to me. Blah, blah, blah. This is mine now. <laughs> Just yank it off. Yeah. It seems like there should be, you know, a better locking mechanism on those things. So they can't come out like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was crazy. Yeah. Kawa is like, um, that was during his like man on a mission. Like I'm going to do anything I can to take down this Giamato. He was ready. He was. And then of course, as the show ends, so we have a couple um, ending scenes. Um, so the first, uh, you know, I don't think was, too consequential we get a little producer scene where basically they're questioning of like should we step in and like do something about this buffa situation and because it's the sponsor like it's it's a it's a hard situation to deal with and like but the the producer like has his eye on it basically and um yeah we 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 have have seen him kind of behind the scenes in the last couple episodes like knowing things are happening, but deciding just to let them play out. And that's, let's see what happens. We're not going to get too, we're not going to get too involved. Exactly. So like, uh, still continuing to, to not get too involved there. And then our final scene, Toby, which is the big one that I wanted to talk about. Wait, before you do it. Yeah. When, when, before the heads VIP duo are talking, he's standing there holding a compass going South, Southwest, South, Southwest. What do we think is South Southwest that he's looking for? Who was doing this? The 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 boy that was eating the giant sushi roll. That oh, we were okay. talking about like should we let uh, yeah, like Jelly the Bean guy. get yeah. involved or not? He was looking South, for something South. first with his compass. Hmm. And we didn't know what he was looking for. That's a good question. <laughs> Thank it's you. A, it's a hidden <laughs> it's a hidden driver. Something something crazy will come from that from sure. He's, yeah, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> He is a he's an interesting character because he's not he's not completely evil yet, but he definitely is evil. Right. Like he's he's not he's not overtly evil. A hundred percent like he's but he's been he's been very aloof about things. And like, obviously, he threw Buffa back to the greenhouse, which wasn't great. Um, he's there for the money. Yeah, he's there for the money. I'm interested in finding out more about him. Uh, but then we do find out a little bit more about uh, Sae, Commander Lopo, because at the, as, as this episode closes, she has a mission card in her hand. It's a disaster mission card. And it's um, yeah, a special mission for the spy, which is to hit the other writers with a Giamato fruit bomb. 
Dun, so dun, dun. the thing that they want you to believe at the end of this episode is that Sae is the, the disaster, is the spy, and that she succeeded in her bombing mission. However, no, no. Toby, my my big conspiracy theory, which have you watched episode 21 yet? No, I have not. Okay, I haven't either. So this is this is completely I, I, I don't know anything. I'm making a prediction right now that this is a ruse, that she's not actually the disaster and that it really is neon. That's my that's my big guess. See, I assumed it was all legit. And was like, of course it is, because this is the only way this the only way this whole thing works, with the other three being good guys and not being the evil one. Because obviously, well, yeah. So I guess it obviously can't be Geats or Kawa now, because they got bombed. Yeah, exactly. So maybe Neon threw her card away. Yeah, I guess. I guess. (laughs) I guess like Geats could be playing like 4D chess and have bombed himself. That seems reasonable for Geats, (laughs) but let's assume for a moment that that's not what happened um yeah i'm thinking that neon threw the card down or something and saw i found it and like that moment that we saw was her being like oh my god like like it, she oh, fucking tricked me yeah um because because if you think back through right like this this episode we did get the like touching moments with sai but they've been the last couple episodes they've been really building up the neon sai relationship in such a way that like clearly one of them is going to betray the other. Like something's going to happen, I think between the two of them and this episode, I think neon's big speech to her mom was sort of the, the thesis statement of like, no, I'm not going to let other people control this for me. I'm going to decide what I get and what I don't get. Like, I think that I think that's neon's like big resolve of like, fuck it, I am the disaster and I'm going to win that way. <laughs> like, I think that I think she maybe just like turned a corner where like that is a reasonable thing for her character arc. So I think it'd be a good payoff if she was the the spy. I think if size is the spy, like it's obviously the easiest writing to, to progress like that, because then your main characters don't have to be, you know, the evil ones who've been bombing <laughs> the other common writers. Um but it's it's not as interesting to me, I think. So with your new logic, I would say that does seem more accurate now. Because what better a third Grand Prix than if they're all still playing for a third time? And the whole time, the whole gimmick of it is, well, fuck you, Neon, you lied to us last time. Yeah. And they have to all right. have to work together again. Yeah, what what if freaking Neon becomes like the big bad, right? Like, like not, not that she's like evil, but just like that then now they they think she can't be trusted and they thought she was this you know sweet girl who would help them out and be their best friend forever and really it's just like no I'm in it for me. <laughs> um, be all, it's all awesome. for love, all for yeah. love, all for love. <laughs> I really really hope that's the direction it is because that dynamic change is wonderful. Um, obviously, like it, it it having been Kawa would have been interesting, but like. I think that's completely out of the question we've talked about before as, as far as his character goes. And Geats was kind of the obvious answer of who it could be just because he's always like 10 steps ahead. But I don't, I really don't think it is. They've really de-emphasized his role in these past few episodes, like, like to a huge degree. Like he basically, we've gotten zero character progression on ACE for at least two episodes now, three episodes now. Um, and and we've really been focusing in on kind of the the neon sai relationship so um 
anyway, that's 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 my called shot. We'll see. We'll see if it uh, if it holds true or not. I like it. I also just rewound to the scene real quick where the apple bomb comes. I was looking to see if maybe like Geats wasn't standing there when it came or if there was a way he could have thrown it and snuck back in. Mm-hmm. Wait, there's definitely no way. Like he was definitely too involved with KY the whole time where it definitely came from a third party. Yeah. It like it like bounces like right between them and he like has to kind of turn to sort of check it out. Yeah. I also want everyone to know that I, I watched the, uh, the opening song again this week because mm-hmm. I was told that the intro has changed multiple times now and the new intro is pretty cool with all the new graphics and all the dreaminess of ace and everything else I thought you were gonna say uh, I watched it I couldn't tell a difference <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly, exactly the same, the same. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought that's where you were going <laughs> I should have done it on purpose then <laughs> um, yeah so that is this episode. I'm very excited about episode 21 now. We should hopefully, you know, at least get closer to an answer of who's the disaster. I don't know how they could drag it out much further because obviously, yeah, we know it's not two of them and we're dragged down to, you know, one of the two and, and they're really heavily leaning on making us think that it's one of them, which we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty invested now at this point. I when it, When it sort of dawned on me watching this episode of like, the shift in the series has been away from learning about Ace and his background, like he, him being the main mystery to the DGB itself and the mystery around the, the people involved in it and stuff. Um, that made me a lot more excited, I guess, about the um, reality TV era of the show because I'm really liking like the layers being peeled back about the DGP. And that's cool. Um, especially yeah, the like, like- the the sponsor for the Giamato and stuff too is like a weird extra wrinkle that I wasn't expecting. You can definitely get another episode or two out of it that way as well. But yeah, definitely. So for the actual, this round of the Grand Prix, this should be the end of the game, right? Like Fruit Bomb should be the last like mini game and like next week or the next two weeks should be the boss fight then. Let's see. So they'll vote someone out with the Fruit Bomb episode. So that'll be three people left. So then they'll have one more game, right? Because they'll have to get down to two remaining people. But I feel like, I feel like that's always boss. I feel like boss fights always three because it's always three games. So the three games this time were school, fruit bomb, and whatever last week was. Um, isn't that right? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the I guess the like final round boss fight would be the the three of them to get down to two and then you'd find out whether one of the two is the disaster left or not. Right. I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, I think we're rapidly, rapidly approaching another game end. Um, and it clearly, as we know, anything can happen. They can end the game early and just decide everybody gets carryover tickets. <laughs> all, the all bets are is, off. There's no real rules and it's a TV show. So the game can change however it wants to. Exactly. I hope I hope for the next game they they really double down on it and just do like a survivor spoof. Just they they just move to an island. They have tribal ceremonies. Just, it's fully survivor. I the suggestion that was given to me was they should turn it into a cooking show. 
and then do like Hell's Kitchen or Top Chef or one of those. That oh, would be yeah. hilarious as well. That would be great. <laughs> what if just every episode was just like a different reality show concept, just just a spoof? That'd be... the, like the, I feel like there's enough general ones. They could probably get away with a couple more. Like totally. I'm sure they'll run out of like actual decent usable ones by the time this is over. But there's enough shitty reality TV out there you can do pretty much anything at this point. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it seems reasonable. Oh, good times. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is going to do it for us for episode 20. Um, lots to lots to talk about, lots to be excited about for next time. But uh, we are going to wrap it up here. So again, if you want to send us an email, send those over to cast at commonwritersucks.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, hear your thoughts on the show. Um, send us any questions you might have. If you want us to answer, um, you know, silly questions on the air, please send those along. Um, if we got anything wrong, we'd love to hear those, uh, those corrections as well. <laughs> Happy to, I will ignore it. If you tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> God damn it. I love telling Toby he's wrong about, about, about things. So please send those in too. <laughs> Set um, Josh up to take me down. <laughs> Um, please make sure you are subscribed to the show if you aren't already you can uh, subscribe in podcast form in your favorite podcasting app by searching for the comment writers uh, or you can subscribe on youtube we are on the channel pretty dece if you search for that or you can just go to commentwritersucks.com to find the playlist of all of our episodes um, and uh, yeah you can keep up with us when we're not recording episodes about common writer as well where can the people find you toby on Twitter, it's at Life of Tobes, T-O-B-E-S. And on YouTube, it's Tobes Plays, where I play games. And my name is Tobes, so it's called Tobes Plays. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Fifteen years later, the mystery has been solved. <laughs> what what game are you currently playing? Uh, right now is a lot of Yakuza Judgment still, or just Judgment, nice. or like a Dragon Judgment, or however that works. <laughs> you got to use the new terminology. You got you to gotta be hip with the times. And then uh, apparently, or not apparently, because it's true, uh, there's other like new Yakuza games coming out, like Ishin and wherever the other side one is, it goes with that. So basically the channel will probably be dominated with at least mainly Yakuza games for a while and uh, yeah. as, as their little side things come out. And at some point, Kingdom Hearts 4, Josh, and that's what everyone's waiting for. I was going to say, you are just a dedicated Kingdom Hearts and, and Yakuza channel. That's pretty much what what it is, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what it's turned into somehow. <laughs> uh, great. Perfect. That's wonderful. Um, you can find me on the internet. I uh, typically am on Twitter and Tumblr. I am at Pretty Dece Josh in both of those places. That's P-R-E-T-T-Y-D-E-C-E-J-O-S-H. So once again, we'll be back for Common Under Geeks episode 20 to talk more nonsense about the Desire Grand Prix. We hope you will join us back for that as well. And until then, have a great week. Peace. I'm taking shots at the enemy. I'm gonna make it to the top, leave a legacy. If I got something to say, you better let me speak. Turn it up a new degree, bitch, you ain't seen anything. I pop off with the new rock, Electro.